0: Welcome to episode 40 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and today I'm joined by writer Prissy Elrod. Prissy is the author of Far Outside the Ordinary, um, a beautiful memoir we happen to carry and love at the bookshelf, and today Prissy and I will be chatting about self-published authors, how to best market your book, and navigate the publishing industry. Before we get started, I did want to let local listeners know about an upcoming event at the bookshelf. Um, part of the reason I decided to have Prissy on the podcast today is because we are hosting our annual Authors Fair. Um, we co-host this event every year with the Thomas County Public Library. The event is called Reader Meet Writer, and it is designed specifically for self-published authors or locally published authors, um, and it's a chance for them to kind of get their work out there. Um, this year, Prissy will be our MC, and we will be um, meeting this Saturday, um, September 19th, from 9 to noon at the Thomas County Public Library. Um, from 9 to 10, that's just for the authors participating. This year we have 15 local authors who will be present. And then from 10 to noon, the event will be open to the public. We'll be doing a gong show style um, Q&A and interactive um. Kind of segment with the local authors, and then um, we will have an opportunity for those authors to meet and greet and sign copies of their books, and it's just a really fun low-key way for authors to kind of get their work um, noticed since sometimes those books tend to get lost on the shelf, um, something that Prissy and I will hopefully address today. Um, So if you are a local listener, join us at the Thomas County Public Library on Saturday, September 19th from 10 to noon. We would love to see you there. Um, It's sure to be a fun event. Let's go ahead and get started. Hi, Prissy.
1: Hi, Annie. How are you?
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Oh,
1: I'm excited. Thanks for having me.
0: Um, I wanted just to talk a little bit about your book, Far Outside the Ordinary, which is a bestseller at the bookshelf, but I hear it is a bestseller near and far. Um, And I wanted to know, what do you attribute that book's success to? I mean, obviously it's well-written, but what... um, what do you think you can attribute the kind of notoriety of this kind of little book that could, I feel like?
1: Well, I think a lot of it is because it is a universal story mm-hmm. and it is relatable by, you know, for so many different people, either in their own lives or in the lives of someone they know. It really kind of took off on its own. I like to tell people from the power of two. Mm -hmm. Two people told two people who told two people, and pretty soon it just sort of reached book clubs, and this book club's in Florida, but they have a girlfriend in Texas, and that girlfriend said, you know, it kind of worked its way that way, and also through the power of social media. Um, You know, people always post what they're reading and Mm -hmm. what they like through Instagram, and I think one of the big things that kind of gave this a little boost was, um, a cute girl in, um, on the coastline, um, posted on Instagram. I'm looking for a great book. Anybody want to, want to recommend something? And everybody does that. I do that too. And someone recommended my book. And, and, um, so she apparently read it and then she posted a cover on her Instagram and said, I read the best book last night. And, The girl who did this had 12,000 followers. So that kind of, you know, sparked their interest. And she also had a twin sister, and her twin sister had 14,000 followers. So a little, that was luck in my part, but I was, I think that kind of gave it a little more, you know, went a little bit outside of the parameters of our little community. So.
0: Isn't that fascinating? Uh, I think that I so often get book recommendations from Instagram. And um, I actually think I know the two uh, Instagrammers, bloggers that you're talking about. And it's incredible to me how fast word can spread about a book or even a podcast or something like that just based on somebody's social media recommendation.
1: It's so true. And and of course, you know, if you ever saw the movie Chef, mm-hmm. it, it can also work in the other way. You you always worry mm-hmm. that oh my gosh, somebody could ruin somebody's livelihood by just doing something that's negative. Yes. So you you um it's it, it, it's sort of a yin and a yang when it comes to all the social media. But but in my case it was it was very lucky and then bloggers picked it up and, you know, a blogger who I won't know, I will find out has blogged about the book and, and it comes from an email from someone. I don't, it's just, a, the whole thing's very fascinating how it works and, and I'm just happy it did and, and it's, it's sort of just, it really is a story for anyone who's had a loss and wants to find hope in, in something out there after it so it it helps people I think doesn't have to be somebody dying it could be divorces it could be parent loss it could be job loss it could be anything when you just feel lower than an earthworm and you think how am I going to get through to the next day and it's the story of how you can do it because I did it and um, so that's of
0: message. I think that's why I, so I read the book, um, it's been a couple of years, I think now, or a year and a half since I've read it, but I remember I read it and really loved it because you address such heavy, um, you know, topics because you're talking about cancer and grieving and loss, um, but there's also a touch of humor to the book and, Um, I feel like it's a book I could put in the hands of anyone who's going through a loss of any kind and they would be able to find hope in it. And so um, I'm curious to know, while you were living the experiences that you wrote about, were there any books um, that brought you comfort during that time?
1: Oh, I, I had no books. I mean, I had no time to even read or... And no desire, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. I think people probably brought books by, Mm -hmm. but you are in a place, uh, such a dark place that you don't really think anybody understands what you're going through. Right. And so you don't really care what they're, I mean, I don't, that sounds harsh.
0: No, but. But you
1: don't really have it, you're really trying to breathe and, and move to the next day, so you don't really, um. Think that the people writing this know what they're talking about. I don't know, but but I do remember it was probably soon after after my husband died, and someone knocked on my door, and I, I, I it was probably maybe four or five weeks, and I think I was probably still in my nightgown at whatever time, and I opened the door, and it was a lady I didn't even know, and she said, "I don't want to impose. I'm just giving you this book,"
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and. I thanked her, and I took the book, and and I went inside, and I was off on the living room, sort of off, off from the foyer, and I sat down on the couch, and I looked at the title, and I immediately put it next to the table and got up and walked out. It was another one of those books that are wonderful, but you just aren't ready for it. Right. So about a few weeks later, I walked in that room, and I saw that book, and I thought, oh, where did this come from? Oh, yes, this lady gave it to me. <laughs> So I picked up the book, and I went in, and I sat at my kitchen table, and I opened this book. And it changed for me that day, honestly. It was a book on, and I, I think it's out of print because I looked everywhere for it. It was a book on what happens every day after a significant loss and where you are in that day. So if I, that particular day, I was maybe 37 days after or 42 days. And so I flipped over to where... That point was in my life, and it was like this person was knew me and she was telling me exactly where what I felt like and and so from that point on, I would read that book and and it was wonderful and in fact it was so wonderful I gave it to the next person who mm-hmm. was suffering and I never saw it again and of course <laughs> I never remember what it was uh, but it, it was helpful I, th-
0: I think we have to be. I think when we're going through something like that, you're right. You kind of have to be in the right mindset. And frame the, of mind. Exactly, in yeah. the right place for a book like that to make an impact. But every so often it does happen, and they do, they can provide comfort. And I imagine um, that has happened with your book. Have you received any feedback like that from your readers? Oh,
1: my gosh. Annie, I get every single day, and the book came out, um, April of of last year, Mm -hmm. from strangers from not only all over this country but even in other countries that have gotten this book and said, I can't tell you how it's changed me. And and I just think what happened is I opened the doors to what is actually going on behind the closed doors with a terminal diagnosis, and I didn't... didn't, you know I pretty much said the way it was this is what's going on if you have a friend that's going through this and you wonder what to say or do or be this is what's going on and so this is how you should maybe do it so i, I really um i just did a speaking um event down in Naples and it was for the um of all things the the Florida Transportation Building Association <laughs> actually i was thinking i'd be speaking maybe to the to the wives of, of all the <laughs> Um, people there thinking, you know, 85% of readers are women, so right. that's who. But instead, I was actually speaking to the whole, um, all the attendees. There were, I want to say, 600 people there. Wow. And it was men who came up after and said, you know, I'm taking this book. I want to buy this book as a roadmap for my wife, or I have a brother, or I have a, a mother. I lost my father. It just was sort of, you know, validating that this is something that really is a book that you can just read and, and be have hope. It's not a downer book. No. As they say, there's some laughter through the tears, um, which I didn't even know what I was writing, but, you know, they can actually share the same breath, yes. laughter and tears, so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, your book, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you started, yourself self-published, correct? Correct.
1: Um, I started my own publishing company and published it. Myself, um, well, my husband is my business manager, so he's the, he's the, writers have a whole different side of the brain. Yes. <laughs> you know, business.
0: Oh, that's so, so he cute.
1: he's a businessman, so he's like, okay, we're going to do this, and this is the way you're going to do it. And, and he really was instrumental in in um, finding the very best. And, and the, the publisher I used, or the person who printed my book and everything, they do it for the big publishing companies. I didn't, you know, I went, I researched. I was a, I'm a research queen and I researched everything. So it went in the end, it, it looked like it had been done through a, um, a New York publisher and, and it's because they use the same word.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was, it's beautiful, which is part of the reason Thank I you. think I've told you from the beginning. Sometimes. Self-published books can be tricky for a bookshop to sell, and uh, unfortunately that's often because the covers aren't becoming or, you know, the quality of the paper isn't as great, but your book from the very beginning really did just have the right look and feel to be able to hand sell. And I guess I'm curious what your advice might be for wannabe writers like you who are looking, they're trying to self-publish. You said you're a research queen. What would your tips be for um, people who are trying to get their work self-published and trying to get their work on the shelves of bookstores and libraries?
1: Well, as you know, it, it changes on a daily basis. The whole publishing industry is just... It, it, i I'm a, um, I received so many blogs, and I, I have a lot of literary magazines from the writers and the poets and things like this, and, and it's just changing so rapidly. Uh, a year ago, people who went through Amazon's Create Space mm-hmm. would never get in a bookstore. I mean, why would a bookstore want anything... That was part of Amazon when Amazon was trying to put independent bookstores out of business. Right. You know, I just, and I knew I was not ever going to do that. So mm-hmm. I immediately eliminated CreateSpace because mm-hmm. of that. Um, and I, I knew I wanted to go to a, a small publishing company, I a small company that did books in and, and handfuls that I could actually speak to a person and not be put on some sort of menu where... If I had a question, I, I could never get an answer. So I really got the name of, I, I went through a company called Thompson Shore, which is in Michigan. Okay. And I, I found them in the back of, of I want to say it was either Writer's Magazine or I take Writer's Magazine, Writer's Digest, and Writers and Poets. So it was in one of those. And I got on their website and I called and spoke to a person and who was very knowledgeable. And I, I, you know, I really studied it. it which you need to do with anything, right? And then I looked at when it was time to print. Did I want to do print on demand? Did I want to, you know, have them printed ahead? And I looked at the price per, you know, what what was the best margin with the book? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to do print on demand, you're not going. Your margins are going to be different. So my husband sort of did all of that, right? Well, I think covers, you and I have both agreed on this. I mean, you should never judge a book by cover, but we know that you do. Right. Because you, your hand reaches for a cover that is just, you know, that draws your attention. Sure. So that was very important to me. And I was very, very lucky because my cover was done by my niece, who happened to have gone to SCAD, the Savannah School of Art and Design. Right. She was wonderful. They kept her on for 10 years as staff. She does the t-shirts, I think I told you this, for the all the rock bands, she just got Madonna and Bon Jovi and um, Stevie Nicks, um, she does their graphic designs, but she came to me and she said, Aunt hey, Chrissy, I think I'll be your cover, would you like that? And I was like, I love my Katie, I said, oh, <laughs> Katie, I don't know, <laughs> I don't think I, but she really wanted to do that, and I really wanted her to do it, and she. So talented. In fact, she just moved to um, California. I think I told him she's working for Warner Brothers. But anyway, we went back and forth, and we started out with everything from a picture of me with no face, you know, just an outline of a woman, and just said, "Oh, that looks sad." Degrees, you know, trying to find graphically what would capture the essence of the story. Right. And it. It just came to me, literally. It, came, it was being down from God in the middle of the night. I sat up in bed, and I said, a butterfly. Mm-hmm. I was just, I'm the story of the butterfly. Just when I thought everything was over, it really, you know, wasn't. Right. So I called her up. I said, it needs to be a butterfly. So she came up with the, with the um, caterpillar inside the butterfly, and then so that's how the cover. Then when it was time to pick the color, I was thinking, okay, I don't want this book be read by women. I want men to read this book, and it's bad enough when you have the first name Prissy <laughs> on the front. <laughs> so I thought, man, i got to keep this so it's not too girly looking. And so I kept thinking of Kevins in my background. Okay, uh-huh. Kevins has honey, and they have orange in there, you know, in those jackets of hunter green. Yes. And, and so I thought, you know, a man might pick up an orange. Yes. So that's when I went and did the orange background. And it happened that orange was the color of that year. Yes. If you remember, everything was orange,
0: So,
1: Yeah, it Actually, was... Actually, it's still pretty popular.
0: I've got to say, so, it's still, you know, so previously I would have only thought about this as a book buyer, meaning, like, as a consumer, as a reader, I like pretty books. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's one of the first things, for better or worse, that I reach for in a bookstore. But now that I'm... A bookshop owner and I'm constantly doing displays and putting books on my end caps, it, you really do have to have a pretty book because I like to have pretty shelves and eye-catching displays. And so, um,
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And colors that go with fall or colors that go with spring. I mean, it's just, it's such a business now and you know that. it's And people are so fickle and, and um, we're all so, our attention is just so... <laughs> You know, you glance and you don't even study. If, it, if you don't catch it on the first glance, you move to the next. It's exactly. A, it's a rapid world.
0: So um, I am curious to know what's next for you. So you and I have talked a little bit about maybe a coloring book, and there's been some rumors of some movie kind of stuff. So let's talk about what's next for Far Outside the Ordinary.
1: Well, far outside the ordinary, I, you know. It, I laugh, and I, I'm trying to. It's like I'm pregnant with this new baby. I have <laughs> this other book I'm working on, but I have this toddler that, if I let it go alone by itself, it, it's it's going to somehow go down the wrong track. So, <laughs> as as a self-published, even though New York has picked it up, um, and and that they're getting it in bookstores and everything. I still have to. I have to kind of. Um, do the promoting and marketing of that book while I'm still working on my new one, which is going to be, here's what happened. I did the Audible for Far Outside the Ordinary, which is about to come out. Yes. And um, and Amazon, they, they require you to say the end at the end of your narrated story. I get that because people need to know when, the, when it's over, so they don't keep listening to, you know, white noise. Right. But I had a problem saying the end. You uh-huh. know, it was like, it's not the end. Right. I mean, that sounds sad. That's like, something's died. Mm-hmm. And for, because it's a memoir, it was not the end of my story. And right. I was like, I'm not saying the end. <laughs> well, you know, they're like, and you're saying the end. Or it's, so then I thought, well, you know, that's exactly where my next book's going. It's, it's the beginning. The end is the beginning of the next, where I went from this girl who walked everything to this girl who wasn't a writer and wrote a book and then got the book to the, you know, through this crazy system that you have to get it through right. and got it in the hands of somebody who is writing a treatment for a possible movie and got it into a New York publishing company and got it into where I'm on stage now speaking to audiences, which they're paying me for, I mean, it's almost comical. Right? <laughs> I would talk to a tree trunk for nothing, but here I am. <laughs> but anyway, it's, um, so I think that's a story, that's another story for people who, who, it, it's like I had a second
0: act right
1: in my life, which I never even aspired to do. I mean, I'm a grandmother, come on, but, um... <laughs> the end is never the end it can be the beginning
0: absolutely well and that's really the story that's really your story and the memoir that we all read was one of hope and one of new chapters and new beginnings and um so I think it's only fitting that you have more books you know another book in the works and other things um I love the comparison of Far outside the ordinary as the toddler that you're kind of keeping an eye on as you focus <laughs> yeah. on the new I'm baby in
1: trouble I worked so hard <laughs> You birthed that baby and then you think you don't keep your eye on it it's going to go down the wrong road <laughs> so um and I am I mean the adult coloring book's just about ready to to go to print and it's it's really pretty I'm really proud of that and um it's um it, it's it's fun. It's very, like you said, it's such a peaceful thing to do when you're just sitting around watching TV. You feel like maybe if you're not reading, you shouldn't be watching TV unless you're doing art. Then it
0: might be okay. Exactly. I I love it. I mean, we've talked about it before when you've been in the shop, but it's a, such a fun kind of new hobby and yet it's really old-fashioned and something that we'd all did as kids. And so, I love that you're kind of on the cutting edge of that trend. I think you'll I think you'll do really well because of it because we have sold so many adult coloring books. It's it's Almost funny. <laughs> it's almost humorous. I
1: know. It's it, it just, it's something whole. It's new. It, it's almost like a l- girl's version of what these kids play with their, all their games on the computers. But this is our new thing. Right. It's, you know, you can, you can put it in your purse. You can take it to the doctor's office. It's just um, it's something to do besides watch reality TV. Exactly. Or if they're going to watch it, then at least multitask and do something that you can pull out and and the way I'm doing it you know I'm trying to keep it in a in a sheet that can be framed with a standard frame but heavy duty paper that they could use paint or pencils or gel pens or um and then I'll have um you know, quotes throughout of about the butterfly, and there'll be hidden butterflies, and it's it's kind of a, it's been a fun project. So I'm working on that, and then I'm also it's crazy. I'm working on a children's book um, because I had a blog before I ever wrote my far outside the ordinary, and it was called Sassy's Poodle Parlor because I had only little girls, little grandgirls, and whenever they would come to my house, they would bring all of this stuff and. <laughs> You're like going to be checked in at the vet. You're like little poodles with all their stuff. So <laughs> I wrote little blogs, and then of course my my little ones got older, and my two girls both at the same time got pregnant, and they had boys, which I had never been around boys. I had <laughs> sisters, I had girls, and I didn't not I didn't know what to do. So I have to change the name now to Prissy's Poodle and Mutt Parlor <laughs> because I call the boys Mutt. and um. So I'm trying to do that. You know, that's that's a whole different genre. So it's it's artistic stuff. But I'm I'm an artist. So I'm trying to figure out. Okay, am I going to try and do this myself? The the illustrations, or am I going to get somebody else? In fact, when I was at one of your events, I think it was the day Independent Book Day, and I was up there helping you, and yes. the cute fellow was drawing, and I was like, hey. You ever do illustrations? <laughs> he looked at me like who oh, is this crazy woman?
0: Oh yes, he's fantastic. He um he's actually gonna be on the podcast next week, so
1: Oh good. Well I said, Hey, you ever do children's illustrations been both? And he's like, No, I don't think I have so well you could <laughs> And anyway, yeah, that's kind of my project and then um so we'll see. Um I'm I'm not sure that I will ever because this is a memoir mm-hmm. and Hollywood has, it is out there and I have spoken to the screenwriter and the producer it's really funny I'm it's the story of my life and my late husband's life and all of his family and my children and I'm very that has to be pretty um, pretty right for me to let that get out of my hands Absolutely. and unless I had one hundred percent ownership of that, there's not anything in the world, no amount of money I would ever be interested in having. And the caregivers, my wonderful caregivers, mm-hmm. I don't want anything but for them to be in the most beautiful life because they're they're the most wonderful people. So Right. That's all very iffy. But of it, course. it is well, but how,
0: how exciting and um, just such a neat journey to kind of watch your book take on a life of its own. And uh, it has oh, been so fun you. at our bookstore to be a part of it and to watch it grow. And um, I'm going to end with by asking you the same question that I ask almost everybody who's on the podcast because so many of our podcast friends and listeners are readers, just like we're readers. And I would love to know what you are reading right now.
1: Well, as crazy as it is, I'm in three book clubs, so they, <laughs> a lot of times, are picking my books against my advice, <laughs> um, but the one that we recently read, which I love, and I think it's been out, was The Art of Hearing Heartbeats. I just absolutely loved yeah. that book, um, and I don't remember which of the three I read it. It was Jan, I think Jan Phillips. Is that who that was?
0: I think I you might know. be right. I, I do remember we carried that. One. It's a beautiful book too.
1: Beautiful. It's a cover. beautiful covering. And, and then um, we just finished *The Nightingale*, which oh my god, that was a wonderful book with I think Kristen Hannah, maybe her best book ever.
0: It, um, people in Thomasville love that book. That's a that's a bookshelf bestseller for sure.
1: Oh uh, yeah, it's, it, I'm not surprised. And, of course, The Girl on the Train. I, I just finished that one. I, I loved that. Um, the ones they picked now, I, honestly, I haven't even, I didn't see it at your store. I went to get, it was Hate Ship, Friendship, This Ship, That Ship, and I was like, what? What is that? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Have you heard that one? I have,
0: actually, because a couple, let me, I'm trying to think. It's been out a little while, because uh-huh. another book club in Thomasville read that Maybe a year ago, maybe a year ago. Um, mm-hmm. How funny. At the time, I had not heard of it um, before, but that particular book club really enjoyed it.
1: Well, that's they picked that, so that's sitting here. And that's really where I am right now because I'm reading a lot of um, professional business books. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, my, my pleasure reading is in between all of my business book reading because... Let's face it, I'm running a business here. Right. And, and I have a staff of one, and that would be me and, and my husband if he'll do what I ask. <laughs> so, um, and I'm trying to keep up with all of the latest in social media books because that stuff's changing, and I'm thinking I know what I'm doing, and then I realize you don't send smiley faces to people that tweet you in a different language. That they could be saying something naughty. <laughs>
0: so I'm trying to. It's, myself. it's so hard to keep on top of everything. And when people... Um I think, you know, which I used to think this too, but people assume, oh, you work at a bookstore, you must just get to read all the time. And uh, and I wish they could have been with me on Saturday when my husband and I spent all day going over bookkeeping and bill paying and <laughs>
1: all of the yeah, parts of the business. That, which keeps the lights on so you can order inventory to sell more books <laughs> that you would wish you could read so you could tell your your shoppers yes i read that yesterday and i'm reading this today and i'm gonna
0: read this one tomorrow exactly i feel like you know i do a pretty good job i think i read on average about i don't know eight books a month so i do a pretty good job
1: for you but
0: well it like i said it's part of the job so i'm happy to do it but it's just funny so much of um business is the business part that us uh, writers and readers aren't always naturally inclined to do
1: (laughs) yeah and it's just no fun i mean i uh, and then if you don't write what's in your brain you'll forget it you know if you don't do your writing right i'm writing my story and my characters are talking to me i need to stop i need to pull over in the car (laughs) and write it down and i need to stop listening to you know the business side of it when my husband's in the middle of it because literally I'm yawning I don't really care. <laughs> yes. so it's like, I don't know how it's going to work, but you need to make it work.
0: <laughs> That's right. Just make it work. Well, just I, make um, it work. I think you certainly have made it work and I appreciate you so much coming on the podcast. We're looking forward to having you in Thomasville on Saturday and, um, just thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me. I can't wait to come Saturday, and I love talking to you, visiting with you. And like I said, if you ever need somebody to work one day, I'll just come up there and <laughs> and work in your store because I love it. Perfect. Like, I don't have anything to do, but that would be
0: fun. <laughs> That's right. Well, maybe I should be asking you when you're next available <laughs> because you're a pretty busy lady.
1: Oh, I really am but that's okay that, that makes life
0: all the more fun that's right well thank you so much Prissy and thank you for listening to From the Front Porch you can find full episodes on our store website at com. you can also find episodes on iTunes and interact with us on Twitter at bookshelfteaville and Instagram at bookshelfteaville thanks for listening and we'll see you next week